Hey, welcome to Door Creek Church. If you're new, my name is Ryan. I am one of the teaching pastors here. It's so great to be with you. Big shout out to all of our friends at DeForest. Awesome to celebrate with you all and everyone joining us online. It's, it's so awesome to be together in this celebration Sunday. So a good question is why do we do this? Why do we do this? Well, one of the reasons is, I don't know if you've experienced this, but sometimes when I talk to non-Christian people, so unchurched non-Christian people about Christianity, often kind of the response that I get, they may not say it, but I kind of get this feeling is like, well, that's great for you, Ryan. It's not really relevant to me. It's kind of unnecessary to me. Anyone, anyone had that experience? Yeah. And, you know, they think about kind of the rough and tumble of everyday life and the things that matter to them and dating and financial security and raising a family. And Christianity sometimes feels unnecessary or irrelevant. And so what I'm tempted to do in that moment, I don't know if you're with me, is to kind of defend my faith, right? To talk about, well, this is why Christianity is true. This is why it's important. But this dawned on me recently. When a non-Christian tells me that Christianity feels irrelevant, what they're really telling me is that Christians are irrelevant. It's really a critique on Christianity and what I should be doing uh, more than defending my faith is reflecting on my way of life. Anybody? And so part of what, why we do Celebration Sunday is to remind ourselves of how God is calling us to be relevant, helpful, surprising, refreshing, healing people right where we are. And it's interesting, we've been in the Beatitudes series for a couple months now. It's been really good. We've been talking about what does the blessed life look like? As we follow God, as we receive his blessing, what does that look like? And uh, what Jesus says next, the very next words that he says in Matthew chapter 5, show us exactly what it looks like to be relevant surprising, refreshing, helpful people. Let me show you in Matthew chapter five, verse 13. We're just gonna do a quick kind of meditation on scripture today, and the rest of the time we're gonna be doing, uh, looking back at, at this last year, how God has been working in our lives. So here we go, Matthew chapter five, verse 13. I'll have the words up here. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father, your father in heaven. So here's, here's what's surprising. As I read that, uh, what sticks out to me is what Jesus does not say. Because <laughs> he doesn't say what, what we hear all the time. He does not say, okay, you're the blessed people of God. Now go out and change the, what is it supposed to be? Change the world. That's right. Why do we know that? Well, because everyone says that from Disney to every graduation speech you've ever heard. Go out and change the world. Now, we know God wants to change the world. He sends us into the world to go make disciples. He says the whole world will be led to him through us as we do good deeds. But he never says, go change the world. Not once in the Bible. He never says, go change the world. Uh, 
What he does say, what we just read, is be salt and lamps. Be salt and lamps. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, first of all, salt and light, they're the most common, ordinary, everyday things in the world. They really are. Jesus was talking to a, a crowd of basically day laborers out on the hill, out in the wilderness, and every single one of them, even the poorest among, among them, had access to salt and light. They were just everyday, common, ordinary stuff. And what Jesus was saying is, if you want to change the world, it's way easier than you think. This is way easier than you think. It's common, ordinary, everyday people in common, ordinary, everyday spaces. But there's something else. Because salt and light are not just common and ordinary and everyday, they're also essential. I mean, think about it. In a world without refrigeration, salt it was the only way to keep meat from rotting. It was the only way to disinfect wounds. Uh, in, in a world without electricity, light, like lamps, would have been the only way to see after the sun goes down. You see that. Like you, they, they're absolutely essential. And what Jesus is saying is if you want to change the world, uh, it's way easier than you think, and it's way more important than you can imagine. You are to be by everyday common ordinary people doing everyday common ordinary things and you're gonna be so important. In other words, be humble, but be heroic. Be relatable, but different. Or you could put it this way, I, I wordsmith this. I, wanna, I haven't tried this out on anybody, it might be really corny, but let me try it out on you. Be extraordinarily extraordinary. Is that good? All right, you can write that down. Ryan Morrison, R-Y-A, I'm just kidding. Extraordinarily, Extraordinary, think about it. Extraordinary is one of those weird words that is an oxymoron, extraordinary. Like, how does that even work? You don't go into a store and say, I'd like to buy a shirt, and they say, what size? You never say extra medium. You know what I'm saying? But this is, this is what changing the world looks like. You don't go into the world, like changing the world, trying to change the world. You go into it being extraordinarily extraordinary. Or, or another way to say it is to be everyday legends. Be everyday legends. So what we're going to do is look at how we are trying to live that out here. So the question we're asking is, what does being an everyday legends look like? What, what, is, what are everyday legends all about? And I want to show you how you all are doing that right here at Door Creek Church. Now, at Door Creek Church, we have what we call eight values. These are eight commitments. They're like lifestyle practices, things that we focus on. And we believe, we've kind of taken a long time and distilled these from scripture. And we believe that when we do these things, we're going to change the world. This is what it looks like to be extraordinarily extraordinary. Here are our eight values. A life of worship. Worshiping God in all of life, the Bible's authority, centering our life, lives on God's truth, the richness of community, growing together as a Christ-centered church for all people, a joyful witness, which is about sharing and living the good news, compassionate service, humbly extending Christ's compassion, justice, and mercy, intentional training, preparing and releasing God's people for ministry, persistent prayer, devoting ourselves to pray continually, and contagious generosity, excelling in the grace of giving. So this is a sermon with eight points. <laughs> now, I was told, keep it short. And I was like, no problem. 
is a problem. Here's why, because you guys are awesome. So there's a lot to talk about. This is gonna be a fire hose. I'm not gonna be able to give shout outs to everyone. Uh, if you want shorter sermons, I don't know, go to a, a less awesome church. That's, yeah, I'm sorry, that's your only, that's your only option. So let's, let's just dive in, a life of worship, which is about worshiping God in all of life. So as we think about that, the most obvious place to start is just what we're doing right here and at the Northside campus and at the DeForest campus and some of you in your pajamas right now on, on YouTube right now. Uh, we do this every week. Uh, it takes a lot of work and we reach a lot of people. I was talking to uh, our, our worship arts team. It takes 135 musicians, artists, and tech folks to make this happen every single week. Huge shout out to you guys. They do way more than just what you see here. Yeah, yeah. Your hands are going to be sore by the end of today. Uh, they, they spend thousands of hours all throughout the year to make sure that every single week we can gather and center our hearts and minds on Christ. Not just them, it's our connections teams uh, across all three campuses. So today, uh, you were handed a bulletin. Some of you are drinking coffee. Uh, we are walking around safe and sound. Why? Because we have a connections team, uh, even security folks who are, are keeping us safe and secure. They're literally ready to lay our, their lives down for us. And if that's not Christ-like, I don't know what is. Yeah. At all of our campuses. And uh, they serve coffee. And Door Creek Church, you love coffee. Wow. Uh, I, I did the math with Irina, who leads our connections team, by the way. Irina should be our next president. You uh, can start a campaign. If you guys know her, you know why I'm saying that. Uh, we serve about a thousand gallons of coffee a year. That's about as much to fill up one of these guys. See that? Don't you love how they have like a three million dollar house and a, an actual pool, but they're still using the inflatable one? That's advertising for you. Uh, so our, our weekly services, we do funerals. Now, a lot of people don't think of funerals as a worship service, but they totally are. Uh, in scripture, we mourn differently. We do death differently as, as followers of Christ because the resurrection totally rewrites our stories. We've done 11 Christ-centered funerals this year. Did you guys know that we have people who have dedicated themselves, a team of, of over a dozen people who've dedicated themselves to serving lunch at funerals? So beautiful, everyday legends, mourning with those who mourn. Uh, we do Christ-centered weddings. We've done nine Christ-centered weddings this year. So important in a, in a culture where getting married is more and more just a piece of paper uh, that we say, no, actually this is, the way, uh, this is the way Christ has modeled his love for the church is through marriage. We have, you guys probably don't know this, we have about a half a dozen marriage mentors who will actually uh, meet with couples uh, for months in their homes, talking through the tricky stuff, finances, communication, sexual integrity, and so on. So weddings, uh, we've, we have about 25,000 people who have experienced our services through YouTube alone. And you know, it's more, it's more than just about uh, you know, in like worship services, it's also about transform lives, amen? And one of the best ways to, to kind of get a sense of how many, like how that's, how we're doing at that is just through baptisms. We've baptized 61 people this year at Door Creek Church, way above the national average. 
by the way, for a church our size. Uh, and we wanna keep reaching more people. So I don't know if you guys know this, uh, Madison and Dane County, like it's a hot spot. People are moving in from all over. The experts tell us uh, we can expect about 200,000 more people to call Dane County home over the next two and a half decades, which means if we're not a growing church, we're actually a shrinking church. You see what I'm saying? And so we're really passionate about reaching more people. And one of the primary ways we do that is through multi-site. So a little over 10 years ago, we launched a DeForest campus. Shout out to you guys. Uh, five years ago, as Bev said earlier, we kicked off our Northside campus. And we are, we are so excited about what God has been doing through our Northside campus. We put together a story of grace that we want to show you right now. So check this out. We got placed with Raphael in May of 2017, and then we traveled to Congo in uh, September of 2017. He was so small. <laughs> was, he, was he was so, so small. <laughs> Our trip ended with a beach day, and then I just remember him on the way home, and he was just zonked out, and it was just this really beautiful moment. I felt like he was part of our family, really, for the first time. So during our process with Raphael, when we went on our bonding trip, there was only nine kids at that orphanage. One of the hospitals was trafficking babies and selling them to other orphanages. And so um, Moana Villages exposed that. And so all of a sudden, an orphanage that had nine kids got 20 more babies over the course of three months. As these kids started flooding in, um, I just felt this call to pray just over this list of kids. There was one name on that list. It would pop out, I don't know. I think I just, I prayed like, God, just lead us if Florence is our, supposed to be our daughter or something along those lines. And I was thinking in my head, if he knew what I was praying, he would not be saying that. <laughs> We were like, who would tell us that this is a good idea? <laughs> They've all watched us blood, sweat, and tears for over a year now in the adoption process. Who would say, yeah, overlap, this is going so smoothly, sure. We had a, friend, a dear friend who's a prayer warrior, and when we called, she said, you're thinking about adopting another child, aren't you? And we <laughs> jumped to the floor, you know, and then other people just speaking affirmation and wisdom over it, us, and we were like, so this isn't a wild idea. So Raphael came home in September of 2019 and really felt like we just needed a church that was an expression of our family's story. When we visited and I saw the slides translated at the bottom in French and then Swahili, my first thing was, oh, this is for us. <laughs> because at that time, Raphael was still speaking a lot of French. And then to see the African culture celebrated and embraced at Northside just really helped us. We want to have our kids stay connected to their first culture. And so we feel like Northside just supports that. It's just a really cool place. Just walking in there, it just felt like this was our church home that we had been missing. There's not very many areas where we can walk in and the people don't give us weird looks or say weird things. We can just go into that environment and we're known and loved. 
Well, our last piece was getting her passport, her Congolese passport. So when it was green light, it was green light time. It was wild because um, the president's inauguration was set to happen and the embassy was trying to expedite our final paperwork to get us out of there. Everything got closed down, um, all streets, everything, men on the corners with machine guns. There was a, a piece of paperwork we had to show. It was what told the government of Congo that we could leave the country with this child. And the man at the, at the desk was trying to keep it. We finally compromised that he could go make a copy and he um, went and took it. And then it was still like, Lord, please, are we really gonna get to the airport and this all fall apart? He was gone for like 40 minutes. And I just kept thinking, Waymaker, Waymaker, because I had seen God do that over and over and over again. Finally, he came back, and I got to take off, and I had Florence in my seat right next to me. It was surreal. And I just was grinning ear to ear underneath my N95 mask. I remember, like, we had you know, everyone in the van, minivan together, to we realized that we need a new vehicle with that many people. Yeah, sitting around our kitchen table and we have everyone here. Like, we are done with the adoption process. <laughs> it was been an amazing and crazy ride. God was just so faithful. We're really blessed by these two people coming into our house to complete our family. Oh, I'm a mess. I got to finish this though. So, um, uh, extraordinarily extraordinary church. Everyday legends. So the next mark we want to talk about is the Bible's authority. Yes, we've only done one so far, so we got to pick up the pace. Uh, I told you, be less awesome and we'll have shorter sermons. Uh, the Bible's authority, which is about centering our lives on God's truth. So I'm privileged to be part of a teaching team here that is that's just focused on teaching scripture. If you've been with us, uh, we've taught through Acts this year. It was awesome. Uh, we've been through Judges, uh, the Beatitudes, and I'm really excited, as Bev said, uh, to be kicking off Ephesians. Make sure you grab your Bible, stu your scripture study journal. Uh, if you are interested in diving in deep with our teaching team, we're going to be providing study guides for individuals and groups that all is going to be available for all 12 of those messages. I want to encourage you to check that out. Uh, by the way, I totally stole using these from uh, the Women's Bible Study at DeForest. So way to go, ladies. You guys have been using these. Uh, has anyone else used these around here? Sweet, this is gonna be an exciting thing. Uh, so shout out to Women's Bible Study. Hundreds of women meeting at all of our campuses all throughout uh, the year. A women's retreat this last February with 120 um, women gathering uh, to look at Psalm 91. Uh, I can't not talk about our student ministry. So I, I don't know if you guys know this, Gen Z, so the people right now who are currently uh, late elementary, middle school, and high school, Gen Z is one of the least church uh, generations that America has ever seen. 
Not only that, but we're also, it's also the most diverse, vibrant, creative, and spiritually hungry generations we have seen in a long time. We believe that if we get Gen Z, we win. If we win Gen Z, we win. So we want to give a huge shout out to our student ministry leaders, volunteers who've been gathering with our students. This is, uh, this is the districts, which is uh, basically a, a Bible conference that we did with our students back in January, uh, you know, spending a whole weekend talking about what sexual integrity looks like and what it looks like to center our identities on Christ. So way to go, student ministry, and we're really excited for what God's going to be doing this next year. Well, let's talk about kids for a second. So uh, I don't know if you think about this, I do, that outside of church, there is, there's really, for most kids, there's really no other place that a child can go where an adult, other than maybe their parent or grandparent, will get down on their knee, look in the eye, and tell them Jesus loves you. What we do here every single week matters. And so a huge shout out to the over 200 volunteers, teachers uh, who provide a Christ-centered, uh, Bible-centered uh, space for kids every single week across all of our campuses. Big shout out to Christina, who has just launched at the Sprecher Road campus a sensory room so we can partner with parents, uh, with kids with special needs, and to all of you guys who are part of that. More that I could talk about, but we just can't. Uh, number three, an extraordinarily extraordinary church uh, centers itself on the richness of community, which is about growing together as a Christ-centered church for all people. So this is about life groups. We have dozens of life groups, uh, close to 100 life groups right now. Lots more launching this fall at all of our campuses. Check them out. uh, we've, we've done things uh, with kids and students, young professionals. So last year at this time, I just rewatched this uh, v- like message that Mark Myfair gave. Uh, he put up a survey link for young professionals, so people in their 20s or 30s, to sign up and just kind of brainstorm what it might look like to, to gather a community of young professionals. One of the loneliest times of life. And we have since launched a, an amazing young professionals ministry with multiple life groups meeting across multiple campuses and more launching on the way. Uh, I talked about the women's retreat. Care partners, we have 27 people who have gone through hundreds of hours of training to equip themselves to come alongside folks who are just hurting and they need a friend, someone who can listen and pray with them, 27 people. By the way, we have guys who have gone through this training who are looking for guys. And what that tells me is it's easier for women to ask for help than guys, but there's someone here you need to get over yourself and just ask for help because we have people to connect you with. So please, uh, please don't hesitate. Seniors, there's a myth in our culture that says after you turn a certain age, you're worthless. That is an absolute lie. And we can prove it uh, through our, our senior gatherings, which have pretty much doubled over this last year. Uh, lots of things uh, launching. So big shout out to David Allen and the team. Speaking of seniors, David Smith is turning 60 this month, so happy birthday, David Smith. That, see, okay, so David, I love, he's like our church dad, and, and he, once in a while, he tries out a new outfit, 
And uh, Josh uh, Mallett, Rip, some of you guys know him, he goes to the Northside campus. Whenever he sees David do a new outfit, he'll go to their Facebook group, the Northside group, and he'll put a Photoshop picture of David. This is him at Cabela's, which David's, this is, anyway, it's hilarious. There's one of him as Indiana Jones. So uh, join our Facebook groups and you will uh, enjoy all of David. An extraordinarily, extraordinary, extraordinary church commits itself to being a joyful witness. So this is all about sharing and living the good news. So I don't know if you remember this, back in September, uh, like September, October, November of last year, we started challenging you all to be intentional inviters of people in your neighborhood, your family, to bring them to church uh, at our Christmas services to encounter the gospel. 75 of you responded. You gave us names of people that we prayed for with you, many of them coming, uh, many of them landing here at Door Creek Church. Uh, Chicago Eagles and Upward Sports, it takes hundreds of parents and coaches uh, to, to create a space around sports, uh, to uh, center kids around the gospel. Way to go if that's you. Alpha, or what we call here sometimes exploring Christianity. Uh, we've, we have, thank you, I got a woo here at Sprecher. I know I got some woos at DeForest. Uh, a, an incredible space. Uh, some of the most open open-ended, curious, loving spaces in our entire city for people to discover who Jesus is. So way to go, Alpha. Um, and, and then, we, of course, we, we believe that one of the best ways to share the gospel is just explain how God has transformed our lives. And one of the ways we do that here is through stories of grace. So a big shout out to those uh, in our church family who have allowed us to share their stories through video. By the way, uh, we have one of the best video production teams in the entire city. So we produce everything here in house. So big shout out to Isaiah and Josh uh, and others. Uh, so Thomas Kirst, Jack Gabriels, Tashidra Allen, Bronwyn, thanks for letting us share your stories. And you can go to our website or YouTube and share those along with us, with your families and friends. Okay, number five, an extraordinarily extraordinary church uh, centers itself on compassionate service. So we've done four blood drives this year. Uh, That is a lot of blood. I'm not going to show you a swimming pool full of blood. You're welcome. Uh, A lot of us uh, got together and served Mission of Hope through Meal Pack this year, where we sent 50,000 meals uh, to to our partners down in Haiti. Uh, We sent a student ministry trip to Fort Myers, Florida, where they worked with uh, rebuilding homes damaged by hurricanes, boomerangs. Has anyone not been to boomerangs? Kind of put your hands up wherever you are. You've never been to boomerangs. I'm going to give you an assignment. Go to Boomerangs and you will be blown away. Not only do they, uh, is it one of the best resale stores in the city, uh, but so much ministry happens there. So big shout out to Lori and Courtney and the rest of the staff and volunteer team there. 15 years we're celebrating. They've put millions of dollars 
back into uh, ministry in Dane County and in the North Side. Speaking of North Side, we're celebrating you guys today. Uh, last this last year, uh, the North Side team uh, provided 340 Thanksgiving baskets to their neighbors, and of course, out of the North Side, we also operate our our nonprofit, which we call Door of Hope, which is uh, something that we started to kind of work parallel to us. And their mission is to help kids and families on the North Side thrive in all the way God's in, God intends. Please check that out. Uh, give and be a part of what God is doing there. Number six. How are we doing? Number six. I told you, fire hose. Uh, intentional training, which is about preparing and releasing God's people for ministry. Now, one of the best ways to measure that, like how are we doing at training up leaders who are going to multiply the work? Because you know, pastors are not supposed to do the works of ministry. Uh, Ephesians 4.12 says that pastors are to equip the saints to do the works of ministry. So how are we doing at that? A great way to know is how many homegrown leaders do we have? I can't count. There are too many, but I can just look at our staff and go, we have a ton of homegrown staff. So people who are just everyday legends right here at Door Creek Church who are now serving the church and the community on our staff team. So just a couple shout outs to Shane Adams, who's part of our care ministry, to Dana Bow, who joined hospitality, Carissa, uh, who you saw sing earlier, she's joined as part of our worship team, Hannah, uh, uh, Macy, Kelly, Rachel, Tony, too many to even name. Big shout out to you guys. And this is all, by the way, in the midst of a very, very unique year in the history of Door Creek Church. We're, we've been seeking uh, God's leader for us, a, a, a lead pastor. And that's a very unique challenge. So three things happened in 2005. Go all the way back there. Some of you weren't even born yet. You're babies. Uh, three things happened in 2005. YouTube was invented. I got married to my lovely wife. And that was the last time Door Creek Church was looking for a lead pastor. And so we have, uh, we have uh, our board and uh, Doug Fast and Jen, uh, Doug as our chair, Jen as our co-chair, who have been putting countless hours into this process. Uh, Bob, Andrew, and our who's chair of our search team, countless hours they've been putting into this search process. And I want to say thank you to you guys. I'm so grateful for your time, your wisdom, your effort, uh, and trust you. And it's so excited for how God is leading you. And yes, 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 yes. You're going to hear... Uh, you're going to hear a, a really cool update from Doug Fast, uh, the board chair, uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but also a big shout out to Bev. So, yeah, that's right. It's like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and Bev. That's, that's my hierarchy. So, uh, Bev started as a volunteer at Door Creek Church 17 or 18 years ago, something like that. And she is now leading our staff through this incredible season. And she's doing an amazing job. You're a great boss. We love you, Bev. That's right. And please, please pray for her because she, she needs it. Um, all right, number seven, speaking of prayer, persistent prayer. Uh, and 
What, what am I saying again? Extraordinarily, extraordinary church, that's right, thank you, uh, centers itself on persistent prayer, which is devoting ourselves to pray continuously. Guys, we have, we have spent countless hours as a church family praying after our services at all of our campuses. There's a noon prayer event that happens every week at the Northside campus. I th- think that's on Tuesdays. We're starting a weekly staff prayer meeting again uh, on the 19th. We send out uh, prayer, we have like a multiple prayer chains. So when you fill out prayer needs uh, in your connection cards in front of you or online through our online bulletin, we actually pray for those by name. And we've seen God do some amazing, amazing things. And finally, whew, contagious generosity. Contagious generosity. So I don't know if you know this, uh, but the church has always been a crowdfunded movement because here's what we see in scripture and here's what we see in life. When God shows up, people get more generous because God is generous. And when people get more generous, God keeps showing up. And so we we unashamedly celebrate and and want to, all of us, uh, staff included, excel in the grace of giving. And your giving has not only provided uh, the financial backbone that we needed to do all of these things and way more than I've talked about, but uh, has gone way beyond that as well. Like uh, through our Christmas offering, we've been able to partner with World Relief, uh, supporting 131 churches in Rwanda. We are now supporting 166 kids in Honduras through Compassion International. We support a a great work through Urban Impact in New Orleans. We've been able to send $20,000 as a gift to CareNet, who uh, in, in Madison, they support parents who find themselves in situations with unintended pregnancies, giving them an alternative to abortion. Uh, We support five missionary families here and around the world and our benevolence giving. So that's a whole separate fund. I'm not even going to get into it. We have spent, we have uh, been able to invest tens of thousands of dollars this year through two families who are in crisis right here in our city. So thank you for giving and for excelling in the grace of giving. Okay. So, uh, without further ado, I want to invite Doug Fast up here. He's going to be sharing a really cool update uh, from the board for us. Let's give Doug a hand. Thank you, brother. Let's give Pastor Ryan a hand. He has done a great... So this is a wonderful day, isn't it? God is so good and has blessed us so much. I want to share, just as Pastor Ryan has reminded us that, of, that God is working through our church, I want to thank you for praying it <clears throat> and giving to and helping in our various ministries that bring the love of Jesus to those who need to know it. You are truly the salt and light that he used in the passage from Matthew. As we move into the new church here, the stewardship board is pleased to announce that the lead pastor search team has unanimously recommended a candidate to the board. We are thankful for the thoughtful, prayerful, and careful decision of the team to bring this candidate forward. They conducted a thorough review of many prospective candidates, both internal and external, and recommended an external candidate to the board. After prayer and due diligence, the stewardship board unanimously recommends to the members that we extend a call as our lead pastor to Jamie Thompson. 
Jamie is currently the executive pastor at the Edgewood Community Church in Waupon. Our interviews with Jamie have demonstrated that he is a man of prayer, is strongly rooted and grounded in the scriptures, has a heart for reaching those who are not Christ followers, and is creative in using various means to accomplish that mission. Jamie has been in vocational ministry for 24 years. For the past 13, he has served Edgewood Community Church. Edgewood is a multi-site congregation of nearly 1,100 with locations in Waupon, Fond du Lac, Beaver Dam, and Sheboygan. He spent his first six years there as youth pastor and then moved to the executive pastor position in 2016. He oversees all staff, serves on the lead team, and participates on the teaching team. Prior to joining Edgewood, he served 11 years as director of youth ministries at First Presbyterian Church in Glen Ellen, Illinois. Jamie and his wife Molly have been married since 2003. They have three children, Sam, Autumn, and Evie. Jamie's prepared a video for us. Let's watch it now, and then I'll return with some more information, and after that, we will have a time of prayer and thanksgiving. Door Creek Church, my name is Jamie Thompson, and I am humbled and honored to be greeting you as the candidate for lead pastor. Um, I have been praying with you and for you for these last several months, especially on Tuesdays, as we've been seeking the Lord together. And here we are. Uh, I can't wait to tell you a little more about the story of how God has so wonderfully and surprisingly led us to you. It's, it's been such a joy to, to learn how God is at work in and through Door Creek Church. Um, I share your passion for the centrality of the gospel in all things, and have really enjoyed reading about the creative ways that you love your neighbor and serve your community. I'm excited to explore with you how we can be together on mission as a Christ-centered church for all people. Uh, let me tell you a little about the Thompson family. Molly and I celebrated our 20th anniversary just this summer. Uh, Molly loves the outdoors. She loves good books and time with good friends. Sam, our son, is a junior this year. Um, he loves soccer and music and spending time with the middle school youth ministry. Audie is a sophomore. She also loves soccer and good books and time with friends. And Evie is our eighth grader. Evie loves to dance and she loves baking and cooking. And her family loves that she loves baking and cooking. Um, we as a whole, the Thompson family, we love board game nights and movie nights and bonfires and camping. Uh, we are on an epic family adventure to try and visit all 63 of the national parks. And we have 57 down and six to go, so we're getting close. I have written for you uh, an intro letter, just telling you a little more about myself and our family, my ministry experiences and ministry passions, uh, basically all the things that I would wanna know about me if I were in your shoes. And we are so excited to come and visit you in person on the candidating weekend of October 1st and to meet so many of you. Uh, until then, know that we continue to pray for you, that God would lead us for his glory and for our good. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So what are the next steps in the process of extending a call to Jamie? 
While I'm sharing that information with you, I'd invite the pastors and the directors, members of the search team and members of the stewardship board to come to the platform to join in prayer for Jamie, his family, the Edgewood Church, and our decisions regarding this call. Please come now. As Jamie said, we've invited him to come to Door Creek Church the weekend of Sunday, October 1st. He will spend time with the staff, the search team, the stewardship board, and on Friday night, September 29th, you can meet Jamie at an open house. On Sunday, he will preach. Later that day, we will open electronic voting and mail voting for members to affirm the recommendation to call Jamie. If the call is extended and he accepts it, we, begin him to, we expect him to begin his role here October 16th. This week, we will post on our website transition page the video you just watched, a letter from Jamie with more introductory information, a longer video, video interview with him, and a timeline for the candidate weekend and voting process. This is, I'm going to go off my script for just a second here. This is a time that we've been longing for in the leadership, and I know people in the congregation have been longing for. And so we are so excited that we can join together right now, thanking God and praying and in prayer and thanking him and asking God to bless. Edgewood is a fellow or is a, 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 an evangelical free church, just like Door Creek Church. Jamie made the announcement to them that he was being called as a candidate on Monday or Tuesday of this week. This is a week that he planned to be there to be available to them as they respond to that. But we want to pray for them. We want to pray for Jamie. And we want to pray for the decision process that we go through here yet until he is called. So would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that you spoke through Jeremiah the prophet that you have plans for us, plans for our welfare and not for our ill, to give us a future and a hope. And we thank you that we have sought your face through this entire, entire search process. You have directed it. You have led us to Jamie. We thank you that we have peace in the, study, in the search team and in the stewardship board, those who have met him on staff. We thank you, Father, that you have given him the opportunity to serve and be prepared at Edgewood. And we ask that as he serves them today and through the remaining weeks, that you would bless them and that you would encourage them. And then we thank you for Jamie and Molly and the kids. And we ask that you would give them the sense of your presence and your love, that you love them and care for them, even in the midst of a major transition in their lives. We ask for wisdom for us as a congregation as we listen and share together and listen to Jamie and then vote. We thank you that you truly love Door Creek Church. And we thank you that this is your church. You have proved that over and over as we have heard today. And now we commit this matter to you and we commit ourselves to you to serve you fully and faithfully. This we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Pastor Ryan. All right. Well, it is uh, party time, as they say. So let me, let, let's stand. Let me pray for our food. Bless you guys on your way out. Hope you can join us uh, at the DeForest campus. Uh, hang tight after this, the 1030 service. You might want to come back. There's going to be a, an amazing picnic uh, happening outside for us here at the Sprecher Road campus. There's food waiting for you right now across uh, in, in the activity center, right across the way, and, and activities all over 
the, the, the whole building. So here we go. Let's pray. Lord, would you bless this time together? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you are doing in us and through us. And God, we ask more and more that you would fill us with your spirit. And as we center ourselves, as we commit ourselves to these rhythms that you've called us to, we pray that you would make us everyday legends everywhere we go. Would you bless this food and our time uh, together? We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen.